Gotta stretch out my... I'm so excited. My mu- musculose. Stretch up, stretch out all six of my muscles. Let's get into it. Sorry, you're playing with a bird. That's really disgusting, actually. Uh, ever do that again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have to wash my walls and burp off of it. <laughs> Welcome to Opinions That No One Asked For, or Otnof, or The Nof, whatever, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. My name is Jordan. And I'm McKay. And this is a show where two guys sit down and give their opinions on basically anything, from movies, to current events, to books, to people, to the Taco Bell menu. Mostly the Taco Bell menu. You get the gist. Yeah. But today, what are we going to talk about, McKay? Well, uh, today, a little bit later, we're going to be talking about, we're going to be trying out AI Dungeon, and then we're going to talk a little bit later about politics, because we're still in the midst of the presidential election chaos, um, which I know that whoever's listening will not still be in the midst of the presidential election chaos, but... Hopefully. Yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah, I really hope that this isn't still an issue in a month, but still going to be relevant, so we're going to jump into that a little bit. Um, but I mean, first off, what, what's been going on? How's your life been? What's been on your mind? Life's been good. Um, Twin Peaks. I'm in deep in Twin Peaks right now. All right. On How season far? two. Season two already. I think. It's like you just started. There's like 22 episodes in the second season. I'm kind of like ready. I'm ready for some conclusions. Really? But it just, it just keeps continuing. But it's like good. Isn't it just a couple of seasons though? It's like, I think it's three isn't the third one like came out like this last year though right? yeah so it's like a 20 year interlude uh-huh yeah and then there's also a movie so Ooh. i got i got a lot of content to go so, through so i've only seen the psych spoof of <laughs> twin peaks called dual spires okay what is like the i know the, like when you read the blurb on netflix or whatever it just says like a girl is murdered in a small rural american town and people come to investigate or whatever but like what's What's the beef of the show? Like, why does it have such a cult following? Like, I mean, like, essentially, that's what happens. Like, a, it's like a murder mystery, okay. basically. Um, but there's also, like... I don't know. Like, it's just... There's, like, a lot of, like, deep and weird things that okay. happens in this town of Twin Peaks. Sure. Um, and there's also, like, like, a bunch of sketchy stuff, lots of drama... Um, just everything you could ask for mm, for a show. I love sketchy drama. <laughs> well, I've got like 11 and a half seasons of MasterChef to get through before I can move on to a new show. So I'll, I'll ask you again in like eight years when I catch up. Yeah, but Twin Peaks is really good. Like, I really enjoy it. And um, it's all my interest. Like, I'm like every day I'm excited to watch That's it. a new episode. So highly would recommend... I'll have more of a thorough report, I'm sure, in yeah, the future. Yeah, yeah, like, with MasterChef, it's it's a show that I put on because I know that I can watch it without actually having to physically look at the TV. <laughs> like, I can be... You don't want to look at all the ingredients as they well, sizzle in the I, pan? I like, you can glance up, like, every three minutes and not miss any of the plot. You know what I mean? I feel like there's a value. I like shows like that sometimes because I can play sudoku on my phone or do something else i don't know maybe i've been so like my attention span has been so desaturated by modern media that i can't even do one thing at once i have to be 
entertained by something <laughs> while I'm watching a show. That's interesting. Oh, you said that last week about The Office. If I remember right, like, it's like true, yeah. Well, you also like know it very well because you watch yeah. it a lot. But like, yeah, it's also like it's gonna be funny. But I don't have to like like M- Michelle and I we were watching Lost. Mm-hmm. And I freaking love Lost. Probably my favorite show of all time. But, like, you need to be locked in the whole 52 minutes or whatever sure. the episode is. Which is fun, but especially during school and work and everything, when we're stressed, it can be hard to come home and sit down and watch a few episodes of something where you have to be, like, emotionally roller coaster. Yeah. That's kind of why we haven't been able to get into This Is Us. Because we watched three episodes and we cried at least once in each episode. And it's, like, so good, but it's like, I can't do this every day. <laughs> I need to wait until my life has no other emotional <laughs> climaxes when I need to, like, artificially manufacture them through TV. Yeah. No, I think for me, like, lots of times with YouTube videos, I'll be, like, yeah. just whatever. But when I'm, like, watching a show or a movie, I'll try to, like, this is my time. Right. I'm just going to focus and, like, relax. It's kind of like my breakaway yeah, yeah, time yeah. I, guess so, so. I think that's kind of my perspective but definitely like if i'm not uh, it depends on like the plot of the show and like like master chef i'll like definitely be on my phone as i watch it or something but sure. like like twin peaks or yeah, something like that i'm like. paying attention to details and like hints yeah, and, but that's what's entertaining about it is mm-hmm. the detail yeah i totally agree that's totally. what interests me about it is kind of the at least from what I've seen in like memes and the smooth episode I watched about it. But it's just like little like Easter egg things and kind of weird like supernatural elements and that sort of thing. So totally. it's fun because it makes you think, makes you. It's kind of like, <laughs> I, want, I don't know if it's like a bad comparison, but it's also kind of like, like, do you remember the, the Disney show Gravity Falls? I never watched it, but I'll hear about it literally all the time. Bro, it was like way good. Really? It was like kind of weird, but like, there had like cult stuff like throughout it and like like cult like following stuff not like yeah worship stuff yes and like just like weird things like throughout it and like you had like connect i don't know it was like really fun just like the hidden stuff inside like all the easter eggs yeah and i feel like twin peaks is like an adult version of gravity falls yeah yeah with the sketchy drama like you mentioned with sketchy with sketchy things and risque drama okay (laughs) it's not like too risque like it's a 90s show so it's not like right too bad but there's like i I don't know if i should classify as risque but like there's definitely drama yeah yeah yeah. kind of the show i've been thinking about this week is the mandalorian started releasing again this last friday i want to say maybe it was friday before i think so yeah time wait was it halloween time is material it was the day before i think okay I, like the passage of time has completely been destroyed since March of this year. Like, <laughs> <laughs> everything is a blur. Honestly. Like, yeah. Anyways, it started releasing again, um, and I don't know. I just don't get that show. Like, I have people that are that I'm close to that are just so into it, and like, I'm a Star Wars fan. Like, I've I've been a Star Wars fan forever. I well, first time I watched those movies, I was probably like seven or eight. It was the original trilogy. But, like, The Mandalorian, it's almost like people love it because it's Star Wars, but, like, that's mm. it, you know? I it, like the nostalgia factor a little yeah, bit. Yeah, and it's kind of cool to see, like, the Mandalorian lore and kind of, like, building the world a little bit of Star Wars. But it's like, I've been watching it for 1.2 seasons now, which is all that exists at this point. And, like, we've gotten no answers about Yoda. Like, any answers we've gotten about the Mandalorian himself have been kind of disappointing because he's just a random dude that was a Mandalorian. And I made the mistake after the first episode of Googling the actor, so now I know what his face looks like. (laughs) I think, like, that's kind of 
that's how they get you. Like that's yeah. what they're trying to do too. Because yeah. like, I know when I watch, like it's it's entertaining. It's kind of fun. It's cool to see. Um, but I think like the main thing you're watching it so you can like finally figure out the mystery of Baby Yoda yeah. and like what's up with him. Is this like yeah. actual Yoda? Like what's going on? And then also I think as it progressed, you kind of like what's up with this mando lorraine sure. mando yeah. mando guy his real um, name's something like carl or something. <laughs> what's up with kyle the mandalorian but yeah i think it's like you know it's like we we always want these answers and so we're gonna keep watching i think it kind of builds up to the hype and then yeah you twist it in with the nostalgia factor and it's like a perfect recipe yeah. that disney has formulated uh, yeah i think it's kind of this is another it's like a it's a conflict that Michelle and I have in our TV preferences Mm -hmm. is that she loves shows that each episode is his own isolated arc like Mm -hmm. narrative arc okay like Like Seinfeld sure yeah (laughs) or like she likes like Stargate or another show called Murdoch Mysteries I don't know if you've watched those shows before Stargate's like old isn't it yeah it's like classic (laughs) sci-fi we've watched a lot of that show and it's good I I don't dislike it but it's like the the antagonist is introduced at the beginning of each episode and resolved by the end of each episode. And there's generally like a main, like overarching narrative over the course of the season. Mm-hmm. And you kind of get in this rhythm of like, okay, each episode you're going to, they're going to put a bow on it at the end of the episode. You're not going to end the episode being like, Oh my gosh, we got to get to the next episode. Yeah. But they're going to give you little teases for this bigger conflict that will then be resolved at the end of the season. Right. Okay. And I, I think shows like that are fine, but I That's really nice. like shows that are more involved with, like, the season-long arc. Yeah. Like, I love Lost because every time I finish an episode, I, like, can't move fast enough to start the next episode because, I mean, a lot of people hate Lost for this exact same reason, but it's just, like, they keep giving you more questions and questions, and they give you just enough answers to old questions where you're mm. not angry or, like, yeah. frustrated. You have, like, some, like, resolution. Yeah, you get that, that satisfaction of, like, finding out that question that you that was proposed, like, a season earlier. Mm-hmm. But, like, there are things in Lost that, like, questions that you get in the first episode that aren't resolved till the last episode, you know, 60 episodes later. Sure. Which I love. And so, I guess, this is a really roundabout way of saying, like, Mandalorian drives me crazy because... <laughs> Like, they've asked, like, a few interesting questions, which is, like, the origin of Baby Yoda um, and, like, a little bit of the the history of the Mandalorian. And they've given you, like, some answers. Like, they kind of talk about the Mandalorian's background in Season 1. Mm-hmm. They give you, like, the flashbacks to his family and stuff and kind of how it got picked up. But they Why he doesn't like droids. Yeah. But that's cool. It's like, yes, like, no, I know. You understand? <laughs> but, like, wasn't that interesting to me, Yeah, the answers? And it's just like, I'm, like, I'm going to have to wait, because this second season, I know you haven't started yet, but kind of the premise is that he's going to find Baby Yoda's kind. He's trying to return him to his kind. That's yeah. like what he's searching for. And it's like... I kind, feel like of, kind of stoked for that, like millions but, of little Yodas. Yeah, but it's like, I want to skip the first seven episodes and just watch the last one of the season, because like... <laughs> you know what's going to happen. Well, yeah, this point. whole first episode happened, and no progress was made towards that goal. Mm-hmm. You know, he yeah. went to this planet, there was a conflict, there was all the conflict. It was interesting, and it was like entertaining and fine. But I guess it fits into, there's like a genre, I don't know if it's necessarily a genre, but I've seen it in like video games and also um, sci-fi, but they call it Monster of the Week. Okay. And it's kind of that premise where it's like, like there's just like a new antagonist each mm-hmm. week and then they defeat it and then they move on. It's kind of like Pokemon, basically. It's like okay. Pokemon the cartoon show. Like, did you ever watch Pokemon? No, I wasn't allowed. Uh, Thanks, Mom. The risque drama. <laughs> Pokemon was pretty brutal. Look at me now. <laughs> yeah. 
But yeah, it's like at the, at the end of every episode of Pokemon, they walk into the sunset and everything's happy. Okay, yeah, yeah. Except for the like season that. finale, which is like a two-parter, and he's fighting mm-hmm. like the main boss. And so it's like for sure. That's why I think like shows. I mean, like when you have shows like that where it's like, you know, each episode is its thing, and you have like yeah. your bad guy, and they kill the bad or defeat the bad guy. Yeah, no killing. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's nice and then once you get like that two part episode you're like whoa yeah, holy this is insane yeah, like yeah. what's next yeah so. and it's got it's just for me it's got to have a good balance and I lean more towards like the season arcs and mm-hmm. Mandalorian is almost no season long arc I get that, yeah. barely and they're really leaning into the fact that you're going to be a Star Wars fan coming into the show mm-hmm. and so you're going to want those answers but like if I didn't like Star Wars I wouldn't give a crap about Baby Yoda's origins you know <laughs> they're leaning on it I'm kind of stoked on it. I mean, like, yeah, like, I get where you're coming from. I do think, yeah. like, I mean, what you're saying is, like, basically, it's it's a little, or maybe a lot, overhyped. That's my thing is I don't dislike the show. Yeah, but yeah, I don't I don't get like the watch party every Friday mm-hmm. hype that I'm getting from people around me. Like, it's fun, but it's not like amazing quality. Yeah, perfection. And maybe the reason I'm ranting about this for like 20 minutes <laughs> is that like I let myself get into the hype. Which then mm. made me disappointed when I watched the episode. Okay. Because it was just kind of like... was a letdown. Yeah. If I had some expectations where they are now, like, it would have been fine. It would have been a good episode of a show that we watch, and it's mm-hmm. fine. But I, I let myself get hyped as if it was going to be this big Star Wars, like, moment, and it was, just, it was cool, you know? <laughs> Wasn't, like, the end of season one, he had, like, the... The Darksaber? Yeah. Movie? That so, was kind of sick. That was cool. And you know how where that guy is in the beginning of season two? Who knows? <laughs> He's not around. Stay even, tuned. And it's like, it's, and I'm excited for that to come back, but it's like, give us a little, a little beat. Give us a little tease of it. Yeah, yeah, no, I get that. Give me some more. But Did you know how it's filmed? Like, it's no, it's not green screens, but they use, like, it, projections all, on the walls. Oh, really? Huh. Yeah, so they have, like a, like, a dome roof, and then, I think it's a dome. I need to do more research. But, basically, they, they project it on the walls, um, like, the surroundings... And then the camera will move with the actors, and the background will shift with it. Yeah, cool. So it's crazy. That's like I mean, we were talking about this earlier this week. How we I just found out that Interstellar was filmed with no green screens in the whole movie. That's freaking wild. More on that later. I know. Yeah, <laughs> we got to do a whole episode of Interstellar because that movie is wild. <laughs> but yeah, it's like Mandalorian. It's it's John Favreau, who's like Disney's favorite director of all time. Mm-hmm. He's directed like twenty five million Marvel movies. I think uh, isn't Taika Waititi involved in is it, it now? Oh, I, I think I hope he so. is. He We're also he's also he's doing like a new Star Wars movie. Okay, yeah, I did see I'm that he's involved sure. with something else with them. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna number crunch this real quick. Also. um... Ludwig Gordonson. He does a he does a the, like the music for it, and he's the guy who did Black Panther, oh, cool. Tenet, and then I think I just found out I, I think he did the music for Community as well. Huh, interesting. And he's produced a lot with uh, like Donald Glover, aka things. Childish Gambino. Yeah, like that's cool. The dude's the man, and so like the music in Mandalorian's really cool. We wanted to try out, um, it's this website, it's called AI Dungeon. I think they have an app too, I haven't tried it, but it's essentially 
um, I don't know if anyone listening to this would be familiar with text-based adventure games. It's kind of primitive video games. Essentially, it's all written, and it'll say, you walk into a dark corridor, and there are two doors. Which one do you take? And then, like in these text-based games, you have certain actions you can do. You can say, open door, or pick up this, or move this. But there's like a set number of things you can do. Like, you have certain verbs you can type in that it'll respond to. Mm-hmm. Um, but AI Dungeon is all run by AI, so as you type in basically whatever you want, it will respond and just kind of build this story and, like, this adventure around you. So, I don't know if that description makes any sense, but we're going to we're gonna try it out here got that. in multiplayer mode. Also, real quick, I did a number crunch on Mr. Watiti, and uh, he is the voice of ig11 like the the oh, droid in, in the season first one. season that like oh, that spins and stuff spoiler doesn't he sacrifice himself at the end of the season yes uh, i can't remember if i remember that right yeah yes yeah, that's pretty cool like yeah, that's cool though. i didn't yeah. know that i also recently learned that we watched the nightmare before christmas this last week okay much worse than i remembered it being to be honest not a fan but tim burton kind of a fan but not a fan yeah it's more like the the style that I like more than the actual movie. It's kind of gross. Yeah, it's, it's true. Kind of, I actually feel icky. Yeah, because <laughs> just like I don't like they're like gross. Kind of like the point. Yeah. Anyways, Very Tim. Tim Burton does the voice of the little dog, ghost dog. Oh really? I don't know. I was just like watching the credits and I was like, oh, it barks like four times the whole movie. <laughs> it's pretty spooky. Yeah. Anyways, so we have AI Dungeon pulled up here. Let's get it. Um, our options are fantasy, horror, apocalypse, cyberpunk, battle, or custom. And I don't really want to do horror. Scared. What do you, you feel? Yep. <laughs> I'm a big chubby baby. <laughs> okay, so we're gonna do fantasy. I'm gonna name my character. Um. What? What are you gonna name him? Or her? Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> okay, so we're starting our fantasy story here on AI Dungeon and here's the premise it gives us. It says our story begins with a group of adventurers living in the medieval kingdom of Larian. The kingdom is filled with small villages and thatched cottages and has been relatively peaceful until now. The adventurers are on a quest to find the magical staff of Zalos. They walk through the forest and notice a band of mountain dwarfs. The dwarves are friendly and offer them food and drink. Then one of the dwarfs turns to them and explains in a stern tone that they have been attacked by orcs, which are a savage race of creatures that live on the other side of the mountain. Then a few orcs appear along with one chieftain. I gotta be honest, I don't really like reading fantasy books in general there's like a couple of series that are like so th- we're yeah i'm not goes. about it but we're gonna see how this goes i'm going to go ahead and um abraham lincoln reaches for a high five from the orcs do they leave me hanging <laughs> let's see what the ai gives us i thought you said there were no humans here one of the dwarves says Hey, this is Editing McKay interrupting here. This segment ended up being really long and would probably be painful to listen to all of it. So I'm going to go ahead and supercut some highlights in here, and then we'll continue on with the rest of the episode. Abraham Lincoln takes one sip of alcohol and then screams, So who are you voting for this November? (laughs) Princess Buttercup says screw the entire man. I'm not a fan of Princess Buttercup. <laughs> that's that's not my that's not my personal opinion, but uh Yeah, you're you're putting on a character. <laughs> this is so dumb. Tell an absolutely devastating 
yo mama joke about the dwarf. <laughs> Abraham Lincoln takes off his hat to reveal that his head is actually a giant missile launcher. Oh, ah. oh, 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 yeah, <laughs> yeah that's way kiss. funnier than actually hearing the jokes. Pow! <laughs> Go pow! Kiss! Because <laughs> they always do that in comic books. Kiss! <laughs> this is like the most nerdy thing I think I've ever done. <laughs> I know, it's it's basically D&D, but I don't know how to like put myself in We shouldn't have done fantasy. <laughs> Ask it out on a date. I don't know, how do you fight an orc? I have no. I don't even really know what a orc Kiss is. Kiss it right on the lips. <laughs> All right, well, that was AI dungeon. Yeah, that sucked. But you should do it if you're in a fantasy. Do the fantasy thing. If not, don't do the fantasy. I feel like it would be good. It would be fun if you're like trying to get into creative fiction writing, especially like probably help a lot. Like yeah, kind of like younger genres. Like if you're looking for ideas, just have the AI to like bounce off of. That could be kind of fun. I'd recommend. Maybe not the fantasy. I we also haven't like played it too much, so maybe we need to yeah. play around with it a little bit more, but Yeah. We, today today was an experiment. Yeah, we we are not the uh fictional creative minds necessary to pull out the real potential of this AI. At least not for fantasy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you did you did some pretty good stuff with, like, the missile launcher and... That's the thing is, the, the AI doesn't like a missile launcher or a high-five, apparently. I threw in a high-five and it completely wrecked the system. The people do. The people love the, the missile people launcher. Love five. <laughs> presidential election of November 2020 it's been pretty wild it's I mean I don't want to get into our necessarily specific political stances or policies or anything but I think across the board it's been pretty like toxic and a lot of bigotry and just like generalization and prejudice towards groups of people whether that be races or political parties or socioeconomic classes um, mm-hmm. it's been pretty brutal yeah it's been pretty crazy I mean everyone has opinions and I feel like through social media people have been expressing those opinions in a more maybe it's just how it always has been but I feel like you know given the pandemic and people being on their phones more and like more involved in the election I think it's kind of you know people have participated more and I think too, like generally, people have been more aggressive about sharing their opinions yeah. and like defending their opinions, which is like it's good that they're you know getting involved, but I think it's also kind of separated us totally. more and more. And I think too, like it's kind of I mean I'm only in my 20s i've only been really aware for a few elections but from what i understand it's kind of been like this forever where people will always take a moral like standing 
and dig into their moral um, high ground as far as supporting their political beliefs. Mm-hmm. And when people do that, that leads to hatred and anger, I feel like. Like, if I feel like I'm morally justified and maybe my religious beliefs or just my moral um, set of rules I have for myself, if I can base my political perspective on those, then someone who is supporting a different political candidate is then, by association, fighting against my moral beliefs, if that makes sense. And I think when people do that, it only breeds... Um, anger and frustration and prejudice and I think kind of the overarching theme for this has just been like lack of nuance maybe there's a better word for that but Mm. like people refuse to see nuance in political perspectives because I don't think that you shouldn't base your political perspective in your morals I think that is 100% like those are 100% connected you know what you believe about you know the way the world should be run should reflect how you vote usually yeah yeah I mean and that, that isn't reflected in all policies and everything but I think that those are very interconnected you can't really separate that but I think when you use those to cast moral judgments on others without allowing yourself to see nuance and have empathy for them in the reasoning behind why they were supporting who they're supporting, that's when it breeds toxicity and leads to hatred and sometimes violence against people who you're, I feel like, ultimately not that different from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, like, we're Americans still, you know, like... This is America. <laughs> don't got you tripping up. But, um, like, I don't know. I think something it has been cool to see, too, that there's been a lot of posts recently... Everyone's been saying, like, at the end of the day, your neighbor will still be your neighbor. And it's been cool to see people kind of do that. But it's only been, like, now. Now people are saying do that as we're, like, electing a president. Like, it's actually like, being counted and sure. everything. And so I kind of wish that happened earlier on. Yeah, like but like, three and a half years ago. <laughs> but it's, it is good that's, like, finally happening. And I think, yeah. cause I think for a while, you and I have been talking about you know we need to be like open to each other and different beliefs and ways of thinking about things and like you know it's the disagreements are going to happen right and that that's just normal like that's life and we have to be like we have to still like love each other like express that love and like remember that we are still a nation and like and i think too something to remember is like we're all trying to like create a society that is better that is good and so there's like there is good intentions on both and all sides yeah i think that has to be remembered yeah and it's like i don't know i i'm really not one to talk like this whole discussion we're having i'm not a good example of any of this because i've gotten very frustrated in the past and i think part of it for me is that almost everyone in my close circles um, you know, I don't know, family or religious or social, just everything. Friends. Friends, yeah. Um, have voted differently than I did this election season. And it, it's been hard for me because I feel like, you know, I feel like I base my perspective in these shared morals and beliefs that I share with all these people that are in these close circles with me. And so it can be easy for me if I let it to, for it to you know, change my perspective of these people and see them as, oh, they're just not standing by the morals they stood by before. Mm. Or to just be angry and frustrated with them and think of them as just dumber than they are. Or, you know, it's 
it's hard because it's like that's the temptation always is just to stand by my perspective and let the relationship suffer because of it when like when I step back and I've kind of had a lot of time to reflect the last couple weeks because you know the election's already happening it's kind of gotten to the point where it's like I don't start these discussions because most people are pretty 100% set in their political stances right now so it's almost never going to be productive and usually just going to end in an argument so I've had time to reflect and just kind of realize that like these relationships are more important and as I value the relationships with the people around me I can better understand them and then empathize with their perspectives specifically um, relating to politics uh, and it's not easy still and there's still some things I just don't understand why people are worried about things or why people believe something that they hear and you know but it it's just like I just need to really center myself and realize that like while I do think that I will stand my ground on my beliefs and my perspectives if someone, you know, questions them or comes at me about those things. I, it's not worth damaging these relationships, especially because so many of these people that I'm close to really are just as good of people as they have always been. Mm-hmm. But um, I need to work to understand why they're choosing to vote the way they're cho- voting. I think it's just, you know, at the end of the day, we are a people, we're a community, we're a family. Yeah. And those relationships are more important than beliefs on certain things. And everyone's got different information that they know or have read. And, you know, there's just, like, such a a wide range of perspectives. But, you know, like, your your relationships and, like, the strength of our communities and our nation, like, is more... Well, I don't know. It's, like, we need to... That's, like, that needs to be important to us. Yeah, it really isn't a priority to anyone right now. Yeah, we need to make sure that like, we're taking care of each other. Like, that's the whole point of having a government in the first place, yeah. right? And I think something that's really important to me, too, I think that I've learned, is just working to understand the nuance in people's perspectives. Like, I don't know, something that frustrates me is when like one side will say, oh, the other side wants to kill all babies and then the other side will say oh the other side is racist and hates all minorities you know mm-hmm. those are two arguments I regularly hear leveled against the left and the, the right. extremes yeah, yeah. but I, that's the thing is I'm not hearing it from extreme people I'm hearing it from super normal normally level headed people yeah. you know and I'm like you can't possibly believe that they want to murder children or that they hate all black people and so like if we can work to understand the nuances of people's perspectives that's when we can understand them and their motivations and that's when it's easier to build those relationships i do think that there are people out there that are inherently bad and that are voting for bad things you know i think there are people out there that do you know think that white people are the superior race and and they voted accordingly or you know on the other side of things and i think that by working to understand people's nuanced motivations and perspectives you will find the people that okay their morals are completely antithetical to mine i should distance myself from this person you know because I, I i to be honest i have found people in my social media circles specifically that i'm like okay this person it's not that i'm not like the more I come to understand their perspective and finding out more and more that it's not that we share same beliefs but they have different experiences and that their perspectives are different mm-hmm. it's more that I just think this person is honestly not a good person and I don't want to associate with them anymore but I think that isn't a judgment you can make off the bat based on how someone voted if that makes sense mm-hmm. you know and it doesn't usually happen within your family and your social circles because you generally know who's a good person around you yeah I mean 
that like brings up like the debate like are people inherently good or evil you know yeah yeah but like i guess when i say inherently i don't mean like they were born bad or good but yeah. there are people out there that i they're trying to do things that aren't good yeah that i ethically will always disagree yeah. with that i don't necessarily want to associate myself with but i think in in general and like i hope like most if not all like are trying to do things for the best reasons yeah, yeah i agree even if it's like even if they're wrong <laughs> i'm just kidding <laughs> but like you know like we're all we're all just trying we're all trying to figure out like you know at the end of the day it's like i don't need to know who you voted for to be your friends yeah. or to yeah. care about you and it's like yeah. i don't really and care finding out shouldn't necessarily disqualify them from being your friend mm-hmm. and it's like vote for the like like you yeah. know it's just like you know we gotta take care of each other and like remember that we're all like brothers and sisters and we're all in this together we're and all brothers and sisters and trying um, to figure it out just don't vote for Kanye that's, take, take that back that's a hot political take <laughs> I'm sorry Mr. West edit that out <laughs> I will not Kanye I'm, I'm sorry my friend said I'm that I'm that in there so hard him and his what like 20,000 votes he got in the whole election something like that he's only on the ballot in 10 states I think Kanye 2024 though uh, honestly maybe <laughs> it might the way things have been going we might be at a point in four years where we need to elect Kanye West but kind I honestly like well, you know I'm a Kanye fan. But yeah, and, like, I, and I'm not necessarily an anti-Kanye. I think in this election, like, I could see, like, no on Kanye. Like, okay. anyway, it's cool that he, like, took the shot, right? Like, sure. it's kind of cool to see yeah, someone true. just, like, trying to do that. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and I was mostly, I don't know, whatever. Vote for Kanye if you want to, I guess. <laughs> I think, like, this this discussion is just, you know, one, it's one that you and I have had quite a bit these yeah, past couple months. Definitely. And it's just, like... You know how how do we help promote a culture and like a general acceptance of one another and like how are we able to have these political discussions and ideologies in a effective manner and also in like and and while also promoting like a, a loving and open environment and that's like very difficult um, because people will you know. A lot of people, not everybody, like polarize the issues and things. Um, and in some case, like you know, it's it's not black and white. You know these these issues and also like these discussions. And so it's just they're very they're very difficult. They're they're hard to have, but um, they can still be very edifying at the same time. listening to opinions that no one asked for or as it's affectionately known Otnof. Otnof is hosted by me McKay Menden and Jordan Sidarude. It is edited by me McKay Menden. Original music for this episode was by Tyson Sidarude and you can find more episodes of the show wherever you listen to your podcasts. See you next week.